The Bible said that David was a man, a man after God's own heart. You can read on through and find men who love God in every circumstance, in every situation that life can present. There was somebody that came through the, the uh, tidal wave of sin to stand out front and say, hey, I'll make my choice and I'll live for God Almighty. But we're reading about a man here who, when he was just a small baby, the Bible said that his mother and father saw that this boy was a proper child. There was something different about him. And I know you've heard the story of the bulrushes and you've heard the story of the ark. And I'd like to say, according to the scripture, they did not hide him because they was afraid that he could be killed because they realized that their God was able to keep their child. But they knew that there was a divine guidance in God's hand and I believe they were directed of the Holy Ghost in that time to build that ark and put it in the bulrushes. It's not by chance that it happened to be by the spot where Pharaoh's daughter would come down and bathe herself. And it's not by chance that she would look over in the bulrushes, amen, and see an ark floating there. It was not by chance. And neither was it by chance that Miriam happened to be standing back afar off and watching that ark because I believe somehow, amen, that mother's, uh, that, that uh, uh, Moses' mother knew that God was going to provide a way for this child because he was a proper child. It was not fear that compelled her to do what she done, but I believe it was direction of the almighty God that she built that little ark and pitched it within and pitched it without. Isn't it something, friend, that that ark was built in the basis of the ark in the very beginning? Hallelujah. That it would float, that it would stand the tide of time. I believe God's always had a witness. Amen. He's never left himself without a witness. If you think that God's going to let the church be in this life and nobody be a witness, we're absolutely wrong. Because God's never left himself without a witness. Brother Marvin Arnold went to Jerusalem and picked up some old scrolls and spent weeks in, in, in Israel studying and in, in the old country. And he found out during his studies that even through the 400 years of the dark ages, there were men who declared, hey man, the great God of heaven. Somebody said, through those 400 silent years, God didn't have a witness. Brother Marvin Arnold said he did have a witness. There is on record, and it's recorded in the scrolls, hallelujah, that there were men who declared the great mighty majesty of Elohim. Hell shall I, the great and mighty God. But here you find a boy that was hit in the bulrushes not because of fear but you hit a boy, find a boy that was hit there because it was the divine province of God. And when Pharaoh's daughter took him into her household she raised him and schooled him and sent him to the best Egyptian schools that money could buy teaching him to be an Egyptian in, in spirit teaching him the ways of the Egyptian Egyptians. History
history says that he was taught that man was not made by God, that man came from an annual overflow of the Nile River. And in the mud of the overflow, there was a small larva. And out of that larva is where man came from. Amen. They drilled that into this boy's mind. But at the same time, while they were drilling it in their mind, amen, there was a mother, hallelujah, who cradled him to her breast, who drilled into his heart, hallelujah, the love and the power of the great God of heaven and told him, said, listen here now, Moses, whatever you do, do not forget that there's only one God. Amen, remember this, that he does not change. Amen, remember this, that he will keep you and he will guide you. Amen, it's not strange that when he went through his schooling and became a young man that he sided right in with the children of God. Somebody said you would think if he was raised in the household of royalty of the Egyptians and had all the fineries of life that he would lean my friend to the fineries of life. Amen. And forget about the way of God. No sir. He knew what the fineries of life were if you please. His mother had told him about the fineries of life. She told him if you get God first you got the best thing no doubt in the whole wide world so all the glitter of Egypt could not compare to the splendor she put in that boy's heart about the great God of heaven hallelujah and no wonder friend it does not amaze me that when it came time and the Egyptians put pressure on him to make a choice I feel like today we're living in a day and time that the world is putting pressure on the church and the world's putting pressure on you on your job and the world's putting pressure on you where you live and the neighborhood's putting pressure on you and your friends are putting pressure on you amen is it any wonder when they came to this young man and they said to him listen Moses would you give all of this up would you give up your fine bed would you give up your throne room friend because you're heir apparent to the throne of Egypt you are the next Egypt friend you are the next king if you please you're going to be the next ruler the next czar if you'll just hold on amen it put to the time that he had to make a choice it came to the time that he had to decide which is going to be better would it be better friend to step down off the ivory palaces of man amen into the glorious realm of God almighty or would it be better to stay here in the ivory palaces of man and forget about the God that you can't see and forget about a God that you can't touch but something begin to get a hold of his heart and something begin to move down in his soul I can't help it tonight when I think about a God I can't see and a God that I have never touched with physical hands but something's got a hold of my heart amen there's a heart cry I said there's a heart tug there's a soul pull that's something inside of me that's telling me, Sean, there ain't nothing worth it in this life. Amen. No wonder the writer said, take this whole world and give me Jesus. I'll not turn back. I'll not turn back. Amen. Moses could have had it all. Yes, he could. 
If there was a Rolls Royce of chariots, he could have had one. Maid servants, men servants, he could have had one. Hey man, anything his heart desired, the pressure was being put on him by his peers. Those he went to school with realized that he was a very bright young man. He had a speech impediment all right. Hey man, there was something wrong with him there. But I'll tell you one thing, there was nothing wrong with his heart down inside of him. His mother had taught him to love God. She had rocked him with hero Israel, the Lord our God, his one Lord. She had rocked him telling him about Elohim, about the great spirit, if you please, about the creator of the heaven and the earth. Hey man, he thought so much, friend, that he sat around and probably said, what am I going to do? Hey man, time come for him to make a choice and time come for him to make up his mind. I believe every one of us tonight come to that place in life. When the world will put the thumb screws down on you, they'll lock you in their stocks and bonds. They'll make a public spectacle of you and try to get you to make your choice under pressure. But I'm telling you one thing tonight. Friend, there's no choice as far as I'm concerned. I said there's no choice as far as I'm concerned. You know why? Because everything I read in that book about God far outweighs anything that I read about this world. I read about damnation. I read about digressing in men's morals. I read about how men are falling away. I read how they hate each other. How it's dog eat dog. I realize about immorality. I realize how young people are falling away from God. And you know what I'm saying tonight? There's no comparison when it comes time to choose, honey. You don't have to wait on me to make up my mind. I've done made up my mind. I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. And the pressure was being put on. On your jobs, friend, the pressure will be put on. In your homes, the pressure will be put on. In your neighborhood, the pressure will be put on. Are you or are you not going to be a Christian? Are you or are you not going to serve the Lord? Here you've got all of this at your fingertips, Moses. Somebody said, would you literally throw that away? When God called me into the ministry, my dad said, son, I can't believe this. I can't believe you're leaving an occupation like you're leaving and setting out preaching the gospel. I can't believe you're going to starve to death. He said, you're going to get out there and you're not going to be able to make it. Why in the world are you leaving security? I wasn't leaving security. I found security in Jesus Christ. I wasn't leaving anything friend. Hey man, I was gaining something. Somebody said I got too much to gain to lose. When you step forward with God and do the work of God, you cannot come out a loser. Somebody said if that boy chooses, hey man, to go with that bunch of Egyptians in Goshen, then that old boy's a fool. If that old boy chooses to go over there and dwell with them Jews, there's something wrong with him. He's got everything in his fingertips. He's got it all right there in his hand. I'm telling you tonight, you can have everything in this whole wide world, but if you don't have Jesus Christ, you do not have happiness. You do not have power. You do not have life. You don't have anything but the shifting sands of time, and they'll run through your fingers while you're standing there. 
It's an eerie feeling to walk out into the breaking waters of an ocean wave and stand there. And Brother Correa, you can stand there long enough, you'll just start sinking. Every wave will wash the sand out from underneath your feet. And you can feel your feet just sinking down. Why? Because there's no solidity there. That's the way sin is. There's no solidity in sin. Amen. It's constantly shifting and changing. Amen. The Wall Street people realize how shifting and changing it could be. For in this world, you can be a millionaire today and a pauper tomorrow. Who was it? I believe Sam Walton said, in one day's time, he lost $20 million as the stock markets fell. Sam said, it's just paper. Hallelujah. That's what he said. He said, it's just paper. Amen. It's going to come and it's going to go. But oh, friend, I'm telling you, when they said to Moses, Moses, what are you going to do? He didn't, couldn't stand there and dilly-dally back and forth. He couldn't say, well, I think I'll be an Egyptian today. And then I think I'll be an Israelite tomorrow. He had to literally make a choice. He had to literally make up his mind. He had to say one way or the other what he He's going to be. Let me say tonight, amen, I feel like we can stand up and let the world know loud and strong, amen, that we're living for Jesus Christ. A fellow said the other day to me, come here, preacher. I want to show you something. He said, you'll like it. And he, and he showed me this thing. And I looked at him and he turned blood red. And he said, didn't you think that was funny? I said, no, I'm sorry. I didn't think that was funny. And he said, I'm sorry, man. I'm I'm sorry. He dropped his head and he went away in shame. You don't have to stand around and say, hey, I think I'll fit with the world. The world knows you won't fit with them. When you start living for God, they know there's a difference in you. Hey man, come on Moses. Are you going to take all of this and throw it away? You're not throwing anything away, Moses. Because there's a heaven to keep and there's a hell to shine. There's a city that's prepared and down here there is destruction that's imminently foretold in the word of God. What are you going to do? Amen. Sometimes we need to ask ourselves that question in living for God. What are we going to do? Amen. Moses, you got your choice. It's there. I do not believe, listen to me, the world can't convince me to tell me that every man in this church and every woman in this church is too stupid that they can't progress in life. I don't believe that. I believe we're, this church is filled full of productive, successful people that they could go the ways of the world and probably enhance their money. They could enhance their fortunes. I believe you have enough know-how and enough knowledge and enough determination and enough drive that as far as the world, you can make it and probably prove to be very successful in the world. But no, you know what you've done? You said, I'd rather be in the will of God Almighty. I'd rather serve the Lord. Amen. I like what David said. David said, hey, man, if I could just be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord, hey man, I'd take that over being anything. I feel like tonight we need to understand that the world will try to coerce you. They'll try to put pressure on you. They'll try to restrict you. And they'll say, listen, you got to choose today. Hey, listen, friend, when they put sin before me, they're not giving me a choice. Did you hear me? I said, when 
they put sin out there. They're not giving me a choice. Why? Amen. Because my system and the power of God that dwells in me and the power of God that dwells in you says no to sin. But you put a Holy Ghost spirit out there. You put the power of God out there. And something says, yes, I like it. Yes, I want it. Yes, fill me to the brim with that power. Glory be to God. He was a proper child, he was. But mom and dad were not afraid of the king's commandments. But they was doing the will of God Almighty. But there was a time that when Moses came to years, a man that he had to make a choice. And that was, he said, I'm not going to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. No, sir. If you let them call you the son of Pharaoh's daughter, you won't have to live in a tent. You can live in a mansion. He had enough sense to know that the tent was only temporary, that the mansion was coming later. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. Listen to this. And so the Moses that I read about had to make his own decision. He had to make up his own mind. And they put him to the point that they give him choices. And there's only two choices. That's right, there's only two choices. Somebody said, what do you mean two choices? It's either the world or it's God. That's all there is. There's no in between, there's no halfway. Listen to me. Amen, there's no limbo like the Catholics teach. There's no in between, there's only two choices. But the Bible said, that he chose rather to suffer the afflictions of God's people, now notice this, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now, if you folks choose to live for God, look what all you're going to miss out on. And I don't deny this, that there's pleasure in sin. I don't deny that. I don't deny that you can't go out here and have a blast and make yourself physically feel good. Oh yeah. You can have a heyday out here. A fellow said on the radio today, he said, if crack cocaine were legal, he said, I'd like to try it to see what they're talking about. That's what he said a major talk show host on the radio. And a guy called him up and he said, Sir, I can't believe you said that. There was no merit to what you said. He said, I didn't say I would try it and I'm not propagating using it. But he said, I said, if it were legal, he said, still, there's no merit in that. There's no merit in, you can have pleasure in sin. But Moses said, now wait a minute. What am I going to do I'm going to choose between God and the world. That's the only two choices of God. So he said, here's what I'm going to do. Amen. I'm going to walk over here and I'm going to let them call me a holy roller and I'm going to let them point their finger at me and call me a fanatic. I want them to point their finger at me and tell me I'm crazy. A Catholic man told me today, 
He said, do you people pay tithes? I said, yes, we do. He said, that's stupid. He said, do you have to give it all to the church? I said, no, we give it to God. That's where it goes. And you just shook his head. And they say, you're a fanatic. Hey, let me go over here. I like this side. And Moses chose rather, he sure did, to suffer the afflictions of God's people than to enjoy what? The pleasures of sin over here. But he put something on there that, that kind of catches my mind. He said, for a season. Never did he say that this had an end. Cray, this over here never had an end. But this over here, just a season. What do you mean? Spring is just a season. It's here, and then it's gone. Winter, we're in it right now. But it won't be too long until the robins will be hopping. Amen. And the crocus will be popping up out of the ground. And the trees will be budding. And the end of the winter season's gone. If you're a winter person, then you got three more seasons, amen, uh, to go through before you ever get back to the season you want. So that means that three-fourths of the year, you're going to be unhappy. But put me over here, my God, and let me choose the suffer the afflictions of God's people than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Amen. Now, something else I want to point out here. The Bible said that he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater than the greater than the treasures of Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of reward. Notice this. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. And by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. I feel like that this man of God made his choice. Dropping back to verse number 27, the Bible said, by faith he forsook Egypt. Why did he forsake Egypt? Was he scared? No. The Bible said that he didn't fear the wrath of Egypt. God takes a sting out of death. But he chose rather. What's your choice? My choice is a rather choice. What do you mean a rather choice? I'd rather suffer the afflictions of God's people than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. What is your choice? My choice is a rather choice. I'd rather bring my kids up in the house of God and teach them to love the Lord than to have them to be varsity cheerleaders and varsity basketball players, amen, and learn how to play ball and be a jock on a team, amen. I'd rather have them, rather have them living for God than to be popular and go to hell. I'd rather be over here giving my tithes than dumping my money into a beer garden somewhere and never have nothing to show for it. 
I'd rather be investing my life in the kingdom of God with eternal uh, blessings than to invest in something that's going to last just a little while. Sam Walton, what good did all those millions do him, folks? He died like the poor man, and he was a rich man. What good did J. Paul get his millions to him, folks? He died like a poor man, and he was a rich man. What good did Magic Johnson's immorality and his popularity with women, what good did it do him? He's going to die with AIDS. Just like the man who has nothing but don't know God. But where would you rather be? David said, I was glad when they said unto me, Oh, let us go to the house of the Lord. He chose rather to suffer the afflictions of God's people than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Surely a little won't hurt. Surely a little sin's not going to hurt you. The Bible said that it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. The big old galloping fox will reach up and grab a cluster and go on, but the little fox can't reach it. It'll bark the vine. And you know what happens. My daddy, when we was boys, he'd get a tree he wanted to cut down. It was too big. You know what he'd do? He'd go around the bark and he'd cut a ring around the bottom of that tree in the bark. He'd peel the bark off about this far, all the way around that tree. It wouldn't be just a few days until that big, strong, powerful tree would begin to die. Those little things will pull the life right out of him. What'd you rather be doing? I'd rather be over here. My God, I'd rather be over here where healing flows. I'd rather be over here where blessings flow. Somebody said you could be in the mainstream Amen, the mainstream's heading toward the, the, the waterfall. <laughs> you get me in the little tributary, I'll stay with God. I'm a whole lot safer here. Somebody said, yeah, but you're going to miss the good life. Amen, they don't even know what the good life is. President-elect Clinton could have his gay and lesbian band play for him at the inauguration. He could recognize all of the walks of life that don't know God. And they can say this is the mainstream. Hey, they don't know what the mainstream is. The mainstream is in the precious power and the promise of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen, Moses said, hey, friend, I'd rather, I'd rather, amen, suffer the afflictions of God's people than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. In closing tonight, it was faith, it was faith that made him make that choice. I said it was faith. If you have no faith, you can't make the choice. All he knew, listen folks, he wasn't no 16 years old when his mom put him in the bulrushes. He had never tasted of God outside the realm of the Egyptian household except what his mother instilled in his heart. 
she told him so much and loved him so much and taught him so much that the Spirit of God began to call to him and he said, I'm not going to stay here. No. no. Would he have had a good life? Oh, yeah. As far as the czar or the king of Egypt, you name it, snap your fingers, you got it. But after he died, there'd have been nothing but another pyramid. Can you imagine them finding the pyramid of Moses? Can you imagine that? No, not me. Not me. He chose rather to suffer the afflictions of God's people than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Musicians, would you come tonight? Would you, would you stand, church? We have made our choice. The kids sung a song the other night that says, I have decided to follow Jesus. Turn my back on the deceiver. Yes, sir. I want to live like a believer. Turn my back on the deceiver. Why? Because I was put in a position one day that I had to make a choice. I'm so happy beyond all shadow of doubt tonight that I made that choice. I said yes to the Lord from the depths of my heart. And I'm so glad I did. By faith, he forsook. Forsook means that he walked away. You go to the courts of the land and and these divorce courts and the judge will say, the lawyer will say, your honor, he forsook his family. You know what he's saying? He's using a degrading term. He's trying to tell how atrocious it was. He's trying to say he walked away and literally left them not looking back. He forsook his family. That's what Moses did to Egypt. He forsook it. Walked away from it. Left it behind. Not looking back. Because he realized that the pleasures of God went far beyond anything in this whole wide world. We need to decide to follow the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. We need to make our mind up and sing, oh, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I'm not going to turn back. I'm not going to turn back. Let me drop over into the latter part of this scripture and read you about other men and women who by faith stepped out on the promises of God. And the writer said, in what shall I more say? He said, for time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and of Samson and Jephthah and of David also and Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms and wrought righteousness and obtained promises and stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of the fire, escaped the edge of the sword and out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in flight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. 
Women received their dead raised to life again and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Listen to this. And others had trials of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover the bonds of imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawed asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in the deserts and in the mountains and in the dens of the caves of the earth. And all of these having attained a good report through faith. Why? Because they rather stepped out and lived for God. The Bible said they received not the promise. He said, God having provided some better thing for us. And they, without us, should not be made perfect. They're depending on us, Mom, Dad. They're depending on us, young person. They're depending on us to rather choose the affliction of God's people and enjoy the pleasures of sin for us. Amen. Would you lift your hands tonight and just love the Lord and say, God, I want to make a choice. God, I want to say yes to God and no to sin. I want to live for God because I want to be saved. Oh, Moses, why don't you stay? I can't stay. Forsake sin. I'm gonna live for God. I've decided. I've decided. I've decided to be a child of God. Come on, let's love you.